0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, the Lakers kick off a critical three-game trip tonight in Chicago and get some reinforcements back in the lineup. That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. No matter how or where you get your podcasts, it's always going to be free and never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with 22,000 plus subscribers, uh, all of whom are a little anxious, I would say, Andy, about tonight's uh, first of the three games in a really tricky and very important road trip for the Lakers. Um, Really the beginning of a, you know, the very beginning portion of a difficult stretch of games that lasts well into January. Um, And uh, the Bulls are one of the worst teams the Lakers will play. Uh, So yeah, got to get her done.
1: Yeah, it's really important. I mean, they have not looked like themselves since, um, the in-season tournament ended, and they won the whole thing. And fatigue has been – you guys have been pretty – generally speaking, in our in our experience covering professional sports, professional athletes, they generally are loathe to ever admit that they're tired. So when they do, generally speaking, I think it means something. Also, uh, reading a report from a friend of the show, Jovan Buha from The Athletic, you know, there's been a lot of nicks and knacks across the team in terms of guys nursing various injuries that you know we've covered extensively, but also that non LeBron LeBron illness. and AD are both listed as LeBron and AD both listed as questionable, for example, right. tonight in Chicago. Right. And I, I think the expectation is they're going to end up playing and that we're gonna talk about this could be the our first look at a full and complete roster this season. But uh, the non-COVID illness that caused D'Angelo Russell to miss a game, uh, Darvin Han dealt with it. Christian Wood almost missed um, Monday's game against the Knicks because of it. It wouldn't surprise me if it spread around enough to other guys to suck some of the energy that they are already missing <laughs> across the roster. So they need to get right. And one of the things that can at least help you get right mentally is – a convincing win over a team that you
0: know you should beat? Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing, though. It's, um, you want to let people know, too, uh, before we get too deep into this, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. You know, the it's one of these things where, you know, on a neutral floor, the Lakers are the team that absolutely 1,000% should beat the Bulls. Like, they really ought to beat them anywhere. But the Bulls are at least halfway competent at home. They're they're a 500 team at home. And the Lakers have not proven that they can beat anybody, I guess, short of, you know, they had the the, the game in, in uh, Cleveland, for example, and they beat Phoenix in Phoenix. Like, they've had, a outside of a couple good moments, they've been a pretty lousy road team. So it's hard to, for me at least, Andy, it's hard to kind of, Chalk up wins anywhere until they establish themselves as a better and more consistent road team, which, by the way, is one of the hallmarks of a good team. It's like there are, I think, a couple things that really good teams do. They beat up on bad teams with consistency, um, which the Lakers, I don't think they've really beaten up on anybody with consistency this year. They've won, but they haven't beaten up on teams. Um, and they are a uh, and they're solid to better on the road, and they certainly haven't done that going into this game at five and nine. They've been a pretty lousy road team. So uh, I am not going to lie; I am nervous about what we are going to be looking at because it only gets harder from here with trips to the two best teams in the conference in Minnesota and Oklahoma City.
1: Well, hopefully the Lakers get a boost from Gabe Vincent, who returning. He is now listed officially on the injury report as. Probable, which I think, if they are going to that type of length, he is likely going to end up playing. Especially since there had been some optimism that he would have been available Monday against the Knicks. So, assuming LeBron and AD play,
0: as I think they likely will, um, a- AD, it's you know, this is a homecoming kind of game. It is always important for him every year to play in Chicago when he can. Right. Right. So, um, my expectation. Is that
1: they will have their full complement of players, and this will be for the first time since uh, I don't know, preseason. <laughs> I mean, preseason
0: when uh, Jared Vanderbilt played one game and then missed the last yeah, preseason. I, I, I was trying to, I was just trying to remember if they even had it then, but even, you know, it's like, look, Vincent is going to be on a, on a minutes restriction, like, he's not going to run out there and play you know, 29 30 minutes. You know, in this game, he's essentially missed. I mean I'm going to go ahead and call it the entire season um for all intents and purposes and then Vanderbilt is still limping around himself. So I mean like you've got the roster but it is still you know it's it's not everybody's there. Not everybody is necessarily healthy. No, but uh, I think it, 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 that distinction makes sense. It
1: do, it does make sense and I, and I think you're correct about that, but I do think it helps to have everybody available first of all like we like we talked about in yesterday's show i get a very strong feeling that darvin is still very unsettled with the with the way that he wants to utilize the entire roster when he has his full option of choices i, I think some of the inconsistencies and in the pure the peculiarity peculiar peculiarities Pe- peculiarities, peculiarities <laughs> of how he's used some of the players Some of it has to do with choices that I think Darvin just isn't pressing the right buttons. But some of it I think it has to do with him not having everybody that he wants or needs. I think if nothing else, you start to get an idea, like a a more clear picture of everything that he thinks he can do with this roster. Even if you've got Vincent on a minutes limit, even if Vanderbilt is still on a minutes limit, like even if Rui's still dealing... With the mask and I guess trying to still win over Darwin Ham's confidence, like whatever. You still just start getting a better idea. And that's before you even get into the ways that Gabe Vincent, even if he's limited to 15 to 20 minutes, can shape and help
0: the roster moving forward when he's available. Yeah, I mean look, I mean it, it's it is better to have people there than not. Um it it, it but how yeah all i was saying my only point there was the you know it's he doesn't have full freedom to to do things exactly how he wants and experiment exactly how he wants but the, this question of of where whether you're talking about tonight in chicago or the rest of the road trip or christmas against boston or or moving forward into you know the end of the year in early january like where vincent fits whose minutes he absorbs, who might knock down, you know, lose a couple minutes here and there. And obviously, it starts with, you know, maybe D'Angelo Russell doesn't play as much. Or, like, I don't think it's necessarily going to eat to Reeves' playing time. Um, But, you know, is, does the trickle-down move to Torian Prince or Cam Reddish or guys like that as you start to kind of, like, drop certain guys in and out of the lineup? Um, So... I, I'm, I am really curious both how Darwin uses Vincent, but also how Vincent plays. I don't mean tonight because that's not fair, but I mean big picture. Are we going to get the Gabe Vincent that shoots like he did in the playoffs in Miami last year? Or are we going to get the guy who I believe is currently shooting 7%? Um, that's bound to go up, but I don't know what he is yet other than, you know, kind of a he was a solid player, but I don't know what that does for the team quite yet. Well, I mean, we can talk about it more after the break, but I I
1: actually think that there are some immediate things that you can look at, you know, if not necessarily against Chicago, although I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, but certainly over the course of this road trip and the Christmas game against the Celtics and some of the immediate games that the Lakers have coming up, especially if, knock on wood, they actually manage to maintain their full complement of players moving forward and you actually get all the options that Darvin wants, I, I think there are some things where you can, you can start getting some pretty quick clues. So we can talk about that coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft, or scouting the daily scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Tari Eason coming off the bench for the Houston Rockets, but Ime Adoka, their new coach this year, seems to have taken a shine to Eason, giving him a lot of minutes. He is a strong fantasy value per minute option who is becoming even more useful as his minutes continue to creep up. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. mean, eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same thing with your vehicle. There's nothing worse than having your car break down. In real time, true story, I was once on my way to trade in a car that I knew was on its last legs, and the engine caught on fire, and I had to pull into a Starbucks and let the thing cool down because you just can't drive a car when it's on fire. And It would have been really useful to have had eBay Motors as an option back then. Over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. They got brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Or your money is back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reminder, the Lakers play the Bulls tonight in Chicago, 5 p.m. Pacific time. They're going to be in the building with future Lakers, Zach Levine, future Laker, DeMar DeRozan, past and future Laker, Alex Caruso, maybe even past and future Laker, Andre Drummond, who knows. Catch every Laker game on the Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app.
0: Search Lakers. Okay, so you know we didn't get a, an extended look, Andy, at Gabe Vincent. Um, really, at any point this season, we had little, little, little bits of it, but um, he has not played much. Only four games. Uh, in those four games, he did average twenty-eight minutes a game, uh, six points. Three uh, assists and a steal and a half. And as I mentioned, shooting the ball uh, very, very, very poorly, particularly from three point range, 7%. What do you expect or what do you think the Lakers can do, though? Because you mentioned it in the last segment, relatively quickly to try to leverage the skill set in ways that can benefit them. And, you know, this is not a team that is playing particularly well. Well, I mean, I think it gives you optionality in terms of defensive assignments um, and the choices
1: that you have, the combinations that you can put out there, variety, you know, tossing different looks at some of the top scorers on another team, just one more different way that you can try to throw somebody off balance. Um, you also get more point of attack options defensively, and with Vanderbilt, not at a hundred percent, seemingly. Uh, reaggravating something uh this entire season when he's even been able to play and on a minutes count. And I think Cam Reddish as well, as well as he's discovered this lane as a you know defensive specialist and a defensive disruptor. I think he is more vulnerable to quicker guards and generally speaking does better against scoring wings than than some of the smaller guards out there. So Gabe Vincent becomes an option for, say, the Jalen Brunsons of the world, like that we just saw Monday against the Knicks. Um, Just one more potential guy that you can put out there because that's been one of the hallmarks of Gabe Vincent's career in in those four years in Miami. He turned himself into a very, I think, smart and effective defender, you know, imperfect Mm -hmm. in certain ways, and definitely there are size limitations, but off. You know, off the bat, I think Darwin will f- discover more options that he can deploy for a team that, for all the things they're going to try to fix offensively, they look like they're going to be at their best when they are defending at their highest level.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, look, the game on uh, on Monday, the Knicks game. The problem with the Lakers was not their defense. You know, I mean, they 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 had moments where you know there were breakdowns and this and that, but particularly against Jalen Brunson and. um and Julius Randle, I mean, these are very good offensive players. And, and Randall in particular, um, has been on a major – he has had years where he's been less efficient than others and this and that. But this stretch of games he's on right now is probably as well as he's ever played. And so, like, those guys cause trouble for everyone. Brunson is – you know, these are all-star or all-star-adjacent-level players, um, but the defense and Emmanuel like, quickly as well, too. I mean, he really gave them a lot of yeah. trouble. Yes, and some of the shots look. I mean, you know, the one of the shots that that sort of late three that Randall hit over the defense, you know, quick stepping back, you know, to get the shot up before the, the shot clock expired. You know, a couple of the players on Brunson, some of the step backs from quickly, it's like what are you gonna do? Like when guys can do that one-on-one. The, there is no defense for some of those things, and the Lakers had opportunities to hit shots and didn't do it. And this, to me, is where I think the 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 value of Vincent is going to either kind of rest because the Lakers have some guys who are definite defensive stoppers. You know, Reddish is turning himself into that. You know, struggled a little bit. On Monday, but broadly speaking, has been that guy. And Vanderbilt certainly can be when he's when he's deployed defensively um, in, in the right contexts and in the right situations against the right people. Um, but those guys are not gonna help you offensively. Russell, in theory, he's not playing well over the last few games, but maybe the illness has something to do with it, whatever it might be. Russell's a guy who can bring the offense but obviously has defensive limitations. Even earlier in the season when he was getting his hands on a lot of deflect, deflecting a lot of balls, I mean, he's clearly got defensive limitations. Torian Prince might be, and Rui maybe, depending on how he's being used or which situation. Th- are, are, those are guys who are like kind of you get a little bit of both. I think that's part of the reason Prince continues to play 35 minutes a game, even though that's probably too much is because he's the closest thing they have, particularly on the wing, to a two-way player, a guy that you, you're you not choosing one or the other. And Vincent, the difference for Vincent's utility between being the guy who shoots like he did in Miami in the playoffs versus shooting like he's done over most of his regular seasons, which is much closer to 30%, is an enormous I think, swing point for the Lakers' rotation. Because uh, they, if they can get a second guy who's both, you know, potential floor stretcher without sacrificing defense, does a huge amount of benefit for the Lakers' rotation. Or just scoring. I mean, sure. Vincent,
1: Gabe Vincents, you know, his three-point shot has come and gone over the course of his career. And, like, what he did in Miami during that run, to the finals, has not been indicative of his whole career. Like, that's far better than he's been from outside. But he is somebody that can score. Like, he's much more of a scoring guard than a distributing guard. Correct. As a point guard. Of the two, right. right. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, of the two. You know, in certain respects, he's a point guard because he'd be too undersized as a shooting guard. But he's, in a lot of (laughs) ways, a shooting guard in a point guard's body. He can't be a small forward when you're, you know, 6'2", or whatever he is. But... It would be helpful just to have more scoring, even if it even if it isn't somebody that can stretch the floor, if it's somebody that can just juice the offense in any way, it, it would be helpful. I think Vincent also, too, and it wouldn't surprise me if this happened pretty quickly, becomes an option for Darwin to close games. You know, and I would agree. Well, that was, he, I mean, that
0: was the blueprint before the season started. I think that's what it would be.
1: I was going to say it was the blueprint that you and I assumed, if nothing else, that D'Angelo Russell would start and that Gabe Vincent would likely finish games alongside Austin Reeves and uh, LeBron, AD, and pick a fifth guy, but that he'd be in that mix. I also wonder too, like, I, I was thinking about the different ways that Vincent could be helpful. Assuming he is relatively up to speed and his minutes restriction, if there even is a minutes restriction, because we don't know for sure, it's it's safe to assume it, but we don't actually right. Know. And it's
0: not. I'm not talking about some sort of hard and fast thing, but like the guy has not played and the Lakers have not had many practices, so it's just right. this is typically how this sort of thing right. is handled. But I also
1: wonder if. If he looks like he is in the flow relatively quickly and looks like he's able to stay on the floor without hurting you despite whatever rust, whether it could actually make sense to sit Vando down a few games and just let himself get healthy. Because I feel like right now he's limited in how often that they can use him. And he's he is one of those guys like, Vanderbilt's not like a total energy guy. I do think he has some degree of like tangible skills on both sides of the ball. Like he can handle the ball some, you know, beyond what we know he can do as a perimeter defender. Cutter,
0: opportunistic
1: player, that kind of thing. Right, exactly. But a lot of what he brings is hustle and energy. And if he cannot do that because of physical limitations, I actually wonder if it makes sense, especially with Vincent back and another perimeter defender at your disposal. It's not perfect, but I wonder if it actually would just help Vando and the team out big picture, maybe even big and small picture. Yeah. You just had him sit for a few games.
0: And I I have have one thing I want to mention about Russell in this context as well, but I know you have a question that goes beyond just, you know, Gabe Vincent's return with D'Angelo Russell and whether or not it would be time to flip-flop uh Reeves and Russell in the starting lineup uh despite Andy that it would wreck wreck the growing Austin Reeves for six man of the year movement that we're seeing in Vegas right now Um, but we'll get to those questions next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by
1: Game Time, and years ago, some friends of mine and I, we went to go see LL Cool J at the now-defunct House of Blues in L.A. Really, last minute, we didn't know how to score tickets. We ended up going to a scalper. Scalper took us for marks that we were, sold us fake tickets. We managed to, through really random, unrepeatable luck, get into this show, but I vowed after that experience, I'm never dealing with something like this again, and I don't have to because— of game time here's why I love it it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy shows and theaters near you theater near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun they offer images of seat views the lowest price guarantee job loss protection event can- event cancellation protection and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked on for 20 bucks off your of first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked on for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed.
0: Quick reminder: Lakers uh, in Chicago tonight, five o'clock local time. You can catch every minute of every Lakers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Lakers. Um, I last thing about um, uh, the 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 return of Vincent, uh, presumably tonight. I don't. I am not. I mean, I. I'm, I am a lot of D'Lo. The the criticism of D'Lo is vibes and the way he kind of moves around and this and that. You know, he's too cool for school and this and that. And I am not somebody who doesn't think that Russell is playing hard. Um, I, I think he cares and all that stuff. I do think at this point in the season, when you are slumping, when your play has tailed off relative to what it was, and he he was for the first probably fifteen games of the season. One of the best players the Lakers had, like he was playing really well, um, the last few games, not so much. Probably not the worst timing to get somebody to push him for minutes, to push him for yeah. important, you know, time on the floor. Um, so I, I think the, the the return of Vincent for any player, the return the return of that kind of competition for any player would be beneficial. It comes at a good time for Russell. Not just for the Lakers and Vincent, uh, but you had actually a larger, more expansive idea that you wanted to kick around regarding D'Lo. Yeah, I mean, I was just wondering, given both
1: D'Angelo's struggles—not even just of late, but frankly throughout a lot of December—he just this has not been a strong month. He he could he could use uh, New Year's in 2024 to come around quickly and try to turn the page on this but also Reeves playing as well as he has and you know having really turned a corner on a brutal start to the season and he was somebody that had you know Darwin said on the record been earmarked as one of the starting five for this team heading into the season he was in the big 3 photo all of that stuff just wondering if it actually would be worth considering flipping Delo and Reeves where you have Austin now starting and D'Angelo coming off the bench because it didn't seem it doesn't seem like D'Lo and Reeves are ever going to be teamed back
0: up as starters as a backcourt again. It worked last year. So it's it's not that it's just like there's never it's never, but it didn't work at all this year, partially because Reeves was playing as poorly as he was, that mitigated the offense and really highlighted the defensive potential problems. Just out of curiosity, I mean, so basically, you're talking about same starting lineup, you know, LeBron, AD, Prince, Reddish, and just flip flopping the two of them, yes. Reeves and Russell. Yes. What what benefit do you think do you think would come from it? Um. Well, like in Reeves- ter- is it like is as are you thinking in terms of? you know, better starts offensively. That's more one of like, the things. I, mean, I think Reeves is probably going to play about the same amount of time, regardless of whether he starts or comes off the bench. So I'm just curious as to like your your thinking.
1: Um, one of those things was actually getting the team off to a better start um, because first quarters are still a periodic issue for the team. They, they're not good at, at sustaining opening 12 minutes, even when they have these like flickers of playing well. And Reeves has been outplaying, outshooting, outscoring. Even at this point, the assists are pretty negligible, the playmaking between Reeves and D'Lo in December. So it Mm. got me thinking about whether or not this could actually help the team get off to a better start if D'Lo did flourish in this six-man role. You know, maybe just coming off the bench, going up against lesser defenders, you know, D'Lo, D- we, we've we talked about before, D'Lo sometimes has a difficult time against very, very adept, very physical perimeter defenders because he doesn't have the athleticism or the explosion to get past some of them. And while Austin Reeves is not high-end athletic by NBA guard standards, I think he's more athletic than Russell. I, I think the the good starts could be an upside to starting Reeves. I I think that was the biggest reason that jumped out at me. Um, Mm -hmm. The the cons against doing it are, I think Delo's chemistry with AD and the way, if nothing else, I think he is a big part of AD getting off to good starts and kind of setting a tone for games. Although I think over the last few weeks, Reeves and AD have developed a very good chemistry. There's also the concerns that, D'Lo will not take this as well as Reeves did. And while you don't necessarily want to reward the lesser of the two professionals in question at the same time, you don't want to weaken things overall. You also could just maintain continuity by reducing D'Lo's minutes. And that might be the simpler way to do it. Um, And I guess to whatever degree the Lakers are considering trying to move D'Lo, does it hurt his value
0: at all to bench him? yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean that that part of it we'll have we'll talk my well, thing more extensively about the term. Everybody knows what Deangelo Russell is. Sure, so it's not a team that's going to look at Russell and be like, you know we're getting him because we think he's going to you know, first of all, the teams that he's going to be shipped to at least initially are Chicago, are Utah, sure. Washington or whatever. Um, you know teams that are are giving up players. Uh, right. Because they're not going to the playoffs, they don't care about D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, they're they're much more interested in the the, the future structure of his contract. Well, but also um, I'm not too worried if, about
1: that. Well, but if he's not playing well, then you all, or if he's seen as not playing well, if he sees his value as decreasing across the league, then he might opt into his deal. And if they want to get rid
0: of him, that could be an issue. He might, but um, I, you know, I, I I just I think he is going to be seen as exactly what he is. People will read the market and be, unless he's playing at an all-star caliber level, I think the assumption, you know, any team that acquires him is the assumption is you do it with the assumption that he's going to opt into his deal. Um Because I think that's how most GMs would approach this. Like you can't, you can't operate with the assumption the assumption he's going to get, you know, that he's going to opt out because, you know, what if, four days before the end of the season, he tears his ACL, you know, then then he's, he's opting in at that point. Like you just, I, I think that's just how most GMs operate. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't, I, I, I am so indifferent often to questions of star. I don't, I don't, I, I have concerns about the balance of the rest of the roster throughout, but, you know how much I, I just you know I think you can trim off a few minutes of how much he plays with bringing Vincent in earlier, bringing Reeves in at different times. The opportunities, if D'Lo doesn't start to play better, to reduce his minutes are are pretty plain anyway. I'm not sure I'd upset the apple cart of Reeves playing as well as he is. You know, and that's a potential issue too. Like he settled sure. in very well to this role. I'm not sure I'd mess with it. It's working, Um, so. I can't say I'm wild about it. I'm not sure necessarily what it what you get out of it. The biggest thing I, do, I was thinking about was the the starts to game. Sure. That that was it, the biggest part of it for me. I do think though it reinforces just the the broad challenge that Darwin has in figuring out how this works and why it really matters for some of these guys to prove to be better two way players and you know Russell does it by being a much better offensive player and a tolerable defensive player. Prince, you know, with the three-point shooting and, you know, kind of benchmark defense. It's like good enough in versatility and you can do a lot of a lot of stuff with them. And Vincent in theory fits in somewhere into that category as well because Reddish and Vanderbilt don't really do it. And so, you know, you need guys who oh, can no. I, Those are, they are not, they are not plus offensive players. They're not incompetent, but they are not plus offensive players. They're, I just, you know, they're not. I I disagree strongly with the idea that either one of them are, are anything but below average offensive players. Um, They're not useless. And it's not that they can't do anything right, but they're not helpful in that, on that side of the ball. Um, Anyway, we'll see what happens tonight because this is this is is you know we're back into you know everybody knows how the everydayers know how we feel about these games against lousy teams. These are the most important games that they play. This is the most important game of this road trip. Uh, we'll see how the Lakers respond. Locked on Lakers on YouTube, so we you can go hang out with twenty two thousand or so subscribers um, who will be very upset if the Lakers do not win tonight in Chicago. We will be back to talk about it after the game, and we'll see everyone tomorrow.